0: Welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel.
1: And today we're going to talk about the flow of learning. So what we mean by that is like, how do you really start to master certain craft skills? And what should that path of learning look like? And this is something that, um, you taught me, Rachel, actually, mm-hmm. a few years ago. Um, you taught me something called Bloom's Taxonomy, which we'll go into in a second. But it totally transformed how I approached the way that I learned craft terms because what I really took away from it was that reading craft books and watching master classes was not enough to like really start to master the skills that I wanted to learn and like sink them into my muscle memory. And like my understanding of story. And when you explained Bloom's Taxonomy to me, it was like, yeah, (laughs) I can see it. Um, And we have leaned on it for how we create our craft resources and work with people, uh, work with writers uh, since then.
0: So yeah. can you break it down for us? What is Bloom's? What is yeah. the taxonomy? What is the taxonomy? So I learned about Bloom's taxonomy at my one of my previous jobs. I worked as a learning and development professional, and I taught to my company. I was a, basically a corporate teacher. Um, one of my colleagues uh, had a teaching background, And I was developing lots of content all the time. I was constantly teaching our company anything from safety training to how to give and receive feedback to like how to use this new tool that we're incorporating in our jobs. And uh, my colleague sat me down one day and was like, hey, I think you could make your presentations a lot better if you thought about this idea called Bloom's Taxonomy. And I was like, what is that? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> um, so it is a basically a pyramid. It's a hierarchy of learning that teachers use to develop their lesson plans. So this is a tool for teachers. But I think it's really eye-opening for everyone to understand because our brains go through a very specific scaffolding process. We go it, – if it's a pyramid, you're going up the pyramid – of how you absorb, retain, learn, and apply information. And it's a flow of learning because it, there's varying degrees of how you learn something and how much of an expert, per se, you become in that thing. So Bloom's Tectonomy breaks that down, and it helps a teacher decide, okay, if I want a, a learner, a student, to achieve this level of learning, I need to take them through these specific steps. Mm-hmm. If I want them to be able to demonstrate this skill, I need to create lesson plans or exercises that can get them to that place of learning, essentially. Um, so it's used by educators to essentially engage and then evaluate what their students are learning and how effectively they are learning that thing to then get to the point of like oh I have mastered that topic I -hmm. understand what it is I have mastered it I can now move on with my life so if you have been through a school system um, (laughs) you have as a student you have experienced this your teachers have asked you to do different activities and you've probably wondered oh why do I have to do that activity (laughs) but they very intentionally created that activity to to help your brain learn in a specific flow and then to demonstrate whether or not you've learned that thing. Um, We have applied it to our writing teachings because it essentially lays out like a map of how to grow your skills. Yeah. And you can't skip certain pieces of it. (laughs) Yeah. But especially when you're a busy adult now, Um, we often try to skip it. So like you said, you would read a lot of craft books and it's not enough to then get to the part where you can apply that learning to your pages. Well, because you went from remembering, which is the first level of this pyramid, to application, which is the third level of this period, pyramid, and you skipped the second part. Yeah. So you didn't fully learn. You didn't go through the flow as your brain needs to go through. Yeah. that's That's why we really love thinking about our essentially lesson plans <laughs> like yeah. what we want to teach people the content we want to teach people and how we want to teach it is to truly develop mastery over yeah. a topic. Yeah, this is where
1: I see so much frustration from writers when they mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the most often thing that I hear is this idea of like well I've learned the I've learned it so I can break the rule. I can yeah. learn the rule so I can break the rule. We've talked before about how we don't like that phrase. But what that statement indicates to me when I'm, when I'm talking to a new writer, who's like, well, I'm going to break this rule is that they don't really understand yeah. why that craft tool exists in the first place. And so they're trying to jump to like the top of the pyramid yeah. where they can start to, um, you know, break that rule, but you're never going to be able to do that effectively until you really understand what that craft concept exists, why that craft concept concept exists and what it's trying to do. Um, And so a lot of frustration comes from people trying to skip these levels. And once you understand them, it just opens up this whole new way of approaching learning a new skill um, that I think makes it more effective and faster to like really engage to really engage that skill and let it sink in.
0: Yeah. And it helps you get perspective over why you might be struggling against a specific thing or why you might feel it's taking you longer to understand and implement a a craft tip or whatever into your writing. Um, When you understand like the flow of how your brain needs to go in order to fully learn something, you can be like, oh, I just realized I'm jumping way ahead. Like I probably could go back and maybe have a discussion with a friend and I might understand this thing a lot better. Um, so let me break down the pyramid, the different, the different pieces. So there are six layers to this pyramid. I'm going to throw out some words, but I'm going to give you examples, um, and think back to what it was like for you to be a student because (laughs) you'll, you'll start to understand how this works and how this journey went from you from primary school all the way up to high school or to college. So the first, the bottom layer of this pyramid is remember. So the remember layer of learning is basically just memorization. It's remembering a term, remembering a topic, being able to recognize and like recall facts. It's rote memorization. A lot of people stop here and they're like, I learned it. Woo-hoo! I know is, what it is. This is if you've ever just been like consuming craft resources. Yes. <laughs> this is where you're at. You probably stopped here. So yeah. if you've heard the term narrative drive and you're like, I know what that is. But you really struggle to, to do it in your pages. Yeah. You need to go to the next level. Yeah, The next level is understand. So understand is when you take that rote memorization. But you Actually demonstrate that you know what it is. There is a difference. And I think people conflate these two because they Mm -hmm. sometimes they feel very similar, but there is a difference between being able to recall a fact and also understanding what that fact means. Yeah. So this is when a teacher might ask you to describe what you've just learned. They've taught you a topic and now they're like, oh, describe that to me. Tell me about that. What did you just learn? And you're like, oh, I did just learn it. But they're asking you to like demonstrate the knowledge to ensure that you do truly understand it. And they might ask you some other probing questions to like really make sure because they're trying to differentiate between whether you've just memorized that fact mm-hmm. or whether you you do know like what this topic is. Yeah. So after that is apply. Um, This is where people so often try to jump to. Application is after you can recall terms and you know what they mean, you can use them in practice somewhere. It's not perfect, but you can put them into practice. Um, So this is when a teacher might ask you to do an activity using knowledge you've just learned. That would be double checking whether or not you can apply that knowledge. So they've taught you like a math concept You've demonstrated that you understand what that concept is. And now they're going to ask you to solve a problem yes. to see whether or not you can solve a problem. That would be application. It is in practice. Um, so earlier when I was saying like people jump ahead, usually people try to get right to here. They they feel like they know what a term is. They try to apply it, but they get frustrated. And there's a big disconnect because they're not, they're not fully understanding what it is and, and what it means before they go to the application phase. I also think a lot of times people stop here. This yeah, is
1: like this uh-huh. is where people think they need to live. They got it. They yep. got, the, if they jump here real fast and then they live there, that the, everything will be good. But just because you can apply something doesn't mean that
0: it's necessarily working or it's working yeah. in the best way. And so that's where the next three layers come in. Yes. So the next layer is analyze. So this is when a teacher might ask you to like analyze a book and write a report on it. Um, they might ask you to compare and contrast two different things. Um, they're trying to they're trying to draw connections between your ideas, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that is further than application because it, it's taking to you to a level of critical thinking, the next level of critical thinking, basically. Um, so in in our case, we're going to talk about why it's so important to analyze other pieces of writing yeah yeah um so after you analyze then we get to evaluate um i think people can sometimes confuse these two sometimes Mm -hmm. i even do i understand well they're similar but they're different they're similar but they're different um and sometimes in common vernacular the words analyze and evaluate can be used interchangeably Mm -hmm. but in like a, a learning process Evaluate or sorry, analyze is about like drawing connections between ideas. Evaluate is about determining what you think about those ideas. Yeah. Taking Mm. a stance, defending an idea, critiquing an idea. Um, It's again, the next layer of critical thinking that's past just here's what a book is about to what do I think about those themes? Do I agree with those themes? Do I Do I have a differing opinion? That's where you get to the evaluate phase. Um, And that's where you can start to make like informed decisions about the way things work. Yeah. And
1: this is where that like, that's where you can quote unquote, because I hate this phrase, but break the rules, right. Is where you're, you can, uh, you can debate and defend your decisions to go against you know, reader expectations for X, Y, and Z reasons. That's really what we mean by it. Cause there are no rules, right? There's just reader yeah. expectations. And so that's where that lives.
0: So that's like the second, like that's like the top that's of the pyramid top. basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and you have to do everything else before you could really effectively do that.
0: Yeah. Um, and the last, the final piece on the top of the pyramid is create. And this is when a teacher might ask you to create or form your own new ideas about a topic this is this is originality this yep. is new generation about an idea so you're not just thinking like create like oh i'm writing a brand new thing it is like the next innovation of an idea it's the new the new thing what is what are your new ideas about this topic yeah and that's really the final the final step here to demonstrate that you have mastery over a topic is being able to innovate on it Yeah.
1: So I think for the writing example, like this is what Rachel and I do is we innovate on different craft terms and different ways of teaching them and different ways of looking at them. Um, So that's that's slightly different than, you know, where a, a pure novelist might might live. But hey. You will have your own ideas yeah. about how to how to implement different things and how and especially how different craft ideas work together. I yes. think that's like your understanding of that will be very unique, um, and that will show up in the originality in your voice and your style and like how you use craft stuff on the page.
0: Yeah, and I, I think too, like the more that you grow your craft skills and develop a process that works for you, you can hit on this. Mm-hmm you might learn, like we might teach you a craft term and how to apply it, but you might decide I'm going to apply that in a, or not only will you apply it in your writing process, you're developing a a brand new idea of how this might be applicable to you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so that's, I know we have the term apply in the pyramid, but that to me demonstrates, not only do you understand it and you can apply it as we teach you, you are now developing a process around it specifically for you. That to me is hitting on that top level. Love it. Yeah. So to put this in like a narrative form, Emily, I love this paragraph that you wrote out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So essentially
1: what the, what the balloons taxonomy is saying is that we have to be able to remember a concept before we can understand it. And we have to be able. We have to understand what that concept is before we can apply it, Mm -hmm. and then we have to be able to analyze it before we can evaluate it, and we have to be able to evaluate it before we can create something entirely new with it. That there's Mm -hmm. an order to how we're going to how we learn concepts and can apply them in more and more effective ways.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I, as you're thinking about this, I'm mulling it over. This. Is for like a specific idea. We're not talking writing craft as a whole. That's way too big. We're talking about like scene structure, narrative yeah. drive, pacing, like these specific, um, these specific ideas within craft. You would you would follow this pyramid. For each one of those things. You can't just lump them all together because it's way too overwhelming and you're not going to be like, I'm gonna learn how to write (laughs) and remember all the concepts. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But I think that's where people are. I think that's where people get when they think I am learning to write. I am practicing writing. I am applying writing. But then they get so overwhelmed by like how many different pieces there are without realizing that your brain needs to follow this specific flow for basically every new idea that we take in not just for not just for writing but for any yeah. topic whatever it was you studied in school for science for literature for economics math like this applies to any any idea that you want to master it follows this flow inside your brain yeah i love it so Let's run
1: you through just an example. Let's say you want to level up your scene structure writing skills. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, this is the next craft thing that I want to master. I'm going to go all in. What are my steps? Right? So first we're going to be at that remember layer. First, you need to be able to recognize and recall the, f- the facts and basic concepts of seed beats. Right? So if you were, so this is where you would pick yeah. a craft method um there's a million of them so many none of them are right or wrong but like let's just say you're gonna you're gonna use our eight scene beats so first you have to learn those right and then once you have learned what the beats are and learned what the scene structure is then you need to be able to demonstrate that you understand what those beats are and this is the this is one of those critical steps where you really need another person to do that with yeah and so this is where you might work with a coach or where you might have a, a writing friend or critique partner that's learning this concept with you, mm-hmm. where you can bounce ideas back and forth. This is what Rachel and I did when we first met each other. We yeah. like dove into craft books and then we discussed them intensely to make sure that we both under really understood what the what the resources we were consuming were really saying. Yeah. And then that's once why,
0: like to add to add on there, that's why yeah. so often you'll see in classrooms. Discussion questions, group projects, like as much as we some as like the perfect little learner that I was, I like (laughs) rarely wanted to engage with another person. But Bloom's taxonomy is designed for a teacher student relationship. If you are doing this on your own, you're removing the teacher. Yeah, you're removing part of the person that gauges whether or not you're moving up the channel, like up the pyramid. So it's very, very critical to involve to engage with other people to engage with other students in this work because that in and of itself is a huge part of how we learn is engaging with another person trying to learn the same thing. Yeah. So please if you don't have someone to do that, go find one.
1: Go find one. Yeah. So then once you have once you really have an understanding of it and you feel confident that in your ability to demonstrate it, then you can start applying it. Um, So in our scene structure example, right, this is when you're going to start outlining scenes and you're going to start um, really practicing using the tool. And once you have, you know, practiced that for a while, then you can start to analyze other works to -hmm. see how they are using the scene beats. So this is where you might look at a scene from a a published work to Mm -hmm. see where are the scene beats in this scene? Can I identify them and how they're working? Um, You might analyze a critique partners um, scene outline to look at how they're using the scene beats and start to understand like their approach to it and make sure that you can identify, you know, the different beats. And then the evaluate piece is kind of the next step of that, of, you know, being able to defend and, um and like, explain mm-hmm. your analysis of different of those different um scenes, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah. It would be like giving a critique on your Uh critique partner's scene and saying, I see these scene beats and I don't see these scene beats and this is why. And this is why I would recommend making X, Y, and Z change. Or um,
0: you know, being able to describe that. Yes, is where that evaluation comes in. Yeah, we're not talking about like defend and in a defensive way. Like, we're talking about like the kind of defense that you might do in a debate where you are, you have made a point and now you need to support your point, or like what you might do in a thesis paper, like where you've been asked to support whatever point you're making through a, a specific set of logical reasonings like that's the type of defend we're talking about like can you stand behind why you did something and explain it not in like i'm right you're wrong yeah. i'm never gonna improve my skills because now i'm a master like it's not that kind of it's not that kind of defend it's it's the ability to open yourself up for critiques and to um like look at something through that critical eye yeah. and discuss it from a, a debate perspective basically yeah, both on
1: your own work and on others' work, yeah. I think, is where that really starts. That's why critique partnerships are so important, not only in improving yeah. your story, but in improving your skills. Because in that discussion, in that, you know, practicing of evalu- analyzing and evaluating and um, being able to explain why you made decisions that you made and why you see certain things in other people's work just really brings your, your skills to it, to a new level.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Last one. And then the last one for a scene structure example would be right creating a new scene structure. Yeah. Um new scene structure beats, a new way of explaining scene structure. Yeah. Um right. Yeah. That's where yeah. that would okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so that
0: would be like your next layer of analysis. Like how can you synthesize a new idea from what you've learned? Um, and again, I want to reiterate like if you're not if you're not trying to be like a, a craft extraordinaire teacher like emily and i are like you might not aspire to get to this place that's okay like you you don't necessarily you don't need to innovate on all of these craft ideas um you might and that like demonstrates a full mastery according to bloom's taxonomy but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is your goal as a writer is to rework craft for the whole (laughs) world like (laughs) You That's can stop and evaluate. For. Yeah, if if you're just like, no, I just want to write a cool book that I love. Great, don't yeah. worry about <laughs> innovating and synthesizing brand new ideas. <laughs> yeah, um, but I I think this example is very powerful because a lot. So let's take number five, which is uh, or number four on our our pyramid, which is analyze analyzing mm-hmm. a published work to learn from it. So in my experience, when I was um, a baby writer, like a a less experienced version of myself, perhaps in college um, or when we met, um, I knew I needed to be a well-read writer, read, 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 learn from other books. Like that's such a huge um, push. Everyone says you need to be well-read in your genre as if being well-read means that you understand the conventions of your genre. But Mm -hmm. so often I would read these books and then people would be like, well, what did you think of this topic? Or did you study it for character arcs or, or assumed that simply reading in your genre means that you will start to understand things like character arcs. That's skipping. That's skipping very critical parts of Bloom's taxonomy's pyramid. Like, because in my case, I was trying to jump to analyze without understanding. So those books went right over my head. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a good book. I don't Mm -hmm. know about the character arcs. I just really enjoyed it. So. Uh, please be well read. Like I'm not trying to like, yes, read. I do think that we start to subconsciously absorb for sure. But if you find yourself hearing this advice and feeling really frustrated by it, because you try to analyze these books that you read, but you don't feel like you're gleaning any important information. Yeah. It's probably because you're skipping ahead in this pyramid. You don't quite understand, or you haven't applied this to your own work yet, and and tried to do that, um. So that yeah. that was a big eye opener for me when I was learning this. Of like, oh, so often I go to apply and analyze without, and then being left feeling frustrated. Yeah, I think another. So we've
1: already touched on how you know skipping from remember to apply and skipping to understand yeah. can can leave a lot of frustration. And I think people get like, we can get self-conscious when we realize that like oh yeah. well I should be able to apply this thing that I read like am I stupid yeah but, like I think it's really important to say like this is a critical step of the pyramid it's just human nature it's natural to need to discuss and um, you know debate with people about certain about the thing that you're learning in order for it to really start to sink in and so if you've been learning in a silo and getting really frustrated with yourself because you've been reading craft books and like learning all this stuff and it's still not showing up on your pages, yeah. Find some friends. Find I'm some friends. Really <laughs> going to reiterate that. Find some friends. And then the other area of frustration that I think can show up that's tied to this in skipping steps is when you go to work with a critique partner or a writing yeah. group mm-hmm. and you have skipped right you're skipping to analyze and evaluate that's what you're doing when you're working with critique partnerships but you have skipped the understanding and application pieces of the um of the pyramid it can be really difficult to kind of explain what you're seeing and give feedback um because you right you don't don't necessarily have that foundational knowledge that does not mean that your feedback is not useful yes but that's where i think a lot of self-consciousness and frustration can come in in those types of relationships where it's like i don't know how to say what i see um and it's because of skipping those levels and so i think one of the things that i really encourage folks to do when they're working together is don't just work on each other's work learn
0: together learn together
1: right pick a craft book and discuss them together like discuss craft topics decide that you're going to look at scene structure for your next um you know your next feedback conversation like get into the craft concepts together in addition to working on each other's work because that is that's like where my brain explodes I one of my very first writing groups was uh we did We did share pages, but we also really learned, like we read craft books together and we really um, talked about topics together and I leveled up so much faster in that group than I had um, in any other critique relationship. And so again, that does not mean that you cannot give feedback on something um, on someone's work. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I do think if you're having that frustration or feeling that fear or, or um, self-consciousness that that could be where it's coming from.
0: Yeah. And to, to, reiterate and build off that this is a static explanation of the learning process yeah we do not learn statically no (laughs) you move up and down this pyramid very often in different ideas and different topics so in no way are we saying like you should not even look for a critique group or try to participate in a critique group until you are at the evaluate phase Like you need to have demonstrated mastery of the first five or first four (laughs) phases before you can start working in a critique group. Like, no, no, that's not how like learning and practice actually works. But it is, it's very eye-opening for you to start thinking about your learning process and understanding that you got to take your brain through this pyramid to fully understand something or to fully develop that mastery over something. So. Use it as like an informative tool to guide your learning and to help you choose where do you want to focus your efforts? Because you might decide, you know what? I've been reading a lot of craft books recently. I think I need to invest in a workshop. It's time for me to apply these. I feel like I have a good understanding, but I'm not quite sure how to put it into practice, how to apply it myself. I should probably invest in a workshop like that would be what you would use this for is is to determine you know am i applying it maybe i get some feedback okay i i feel like i understand character arcs i want to try to i want to try to analyze a published yeah. work i want to try to study it to see if i understand how this is working like it's a it's a probing of your own learning process it's a questioning of your own learning process it's not trying to tell you yeah. that you are not allowed to move forward until yeah. you have you know, clear to level. Yeah. I think even if you like, let's just do the example,
1: like let's say you're a brand new writer. You're really excited. You want to learn, right? So you find a writing group and that writing group is doing a lot of analysis and evaluation. What this, that's totally great and fine. And you should totally join that group because you're going to learn so much. What this tool will, will shine light on is places where you're having dissonance or a lack of clarity or not quite sure Mm -hmm. how to explain something or you're having frustration right this is supposed to shine or this is useful in shining light on why you might be feeling those feelings so that you can say okay I need to back up yeah like right I can I need to back up I can tell that in this scene you know I'm getting this certain feeling that I'm not connecting with the character in some way and so I'm gonna go learn about you know show don't tell and see if I can like find a way to, to have a discussion, right, for an understanding mm-hmm. discussion with my critique partner to get deeper into that skill together so that I can effectively sort of analyze and explain what I'm seeing on her pages, right? So you can see how it's kind of circular. It's like, okay, I'm in the analysis stage, but I don't know how to explain it. And so I'm going to go back in the pyramid yeah. and then we're going to climb up the pyramid together. Yeah. Like it can be circular like that. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's key.
0: Don't, Lear- don't hold yourself up. <laughs> no, like learning isn't static. Learning is a continual process. And um, there's a phrase out there that like the the masters of a topic are the last ones to say that they're masters of it. Like they're <laughs> the ones who feel like they have the greatest learning. Like yeah. that that's how this works. I mean like the more that you learn about something, you probably develop even more questions about it. That's how you get to that final create phase is – Yeah, having all that questions like when you're evaluating you're asking questions and then you get to create where you're answering those questions yourself but the the process is okay well then you have to go back to the beginning if you've asked yourself like a brand new question that you don't know the answer to hmm, well now I probably need to explore that a little bit yeah and And we do that all the time all the time yeah (laughs) all the time we're like
1: oh this topic we probably should go deeper into it
0: (laughs) yeah like how what can we what can we dive into here Or how might we explain it Um, So as, as educators, like we're using this to bring you through the pyramid. So when you're searching out craft resources, when you're searching out any type of writing resource, not just craft, but writing resources, like look for those things. Yeah. Ask those questions. Cause that's how we have 100% designed our writing program. Tenacious writing is to take you through this process and to offer multiple like opportunities to go through each phase of Bloom's taxonomy. Yeah.
1: So, um, let's talk about today's just writing. Yeah. Let's and talk about it to really walk you through that because one of the biggest things, obviously, if you've been following us for a while, you know that we teach craft concepts. We yeah. live like we love living yeah. in that those remember uh, that remember stage that uh-huh. that bottom part of the pyramid. That's where our master classes, our blog posts, our podcasts, like all that stuff um, exists is Mm -hmm. to, to teach you those concepts. And we did that for a long time, but we really have loved working with our one-on-one clients on all the other parts of the pyramid, right? We get to, in our one-on-one coaching client relationships, we get to just go deep into those other layers. And so we wanted to provide that experience in a different way to more people. We wanted to bring as many people into the higher levels of the pyramid, as we could and so that's where tenacious writing came in and tenacious writing is our lifetime access program that just means you pay once and then you get access to all of our stuff live stuff forever (laughs) any new stuff we add and we have a lot of live events because Mm. we do a lot of um a lot of hands-on experience learning together yeah i let you – why don't you break down some of the things that we do? Just some yeah. of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if we're talking about moving up the pyramid, like once you take some master classes, once you've read some craft books to start to remember and understand those things, the next step is to apply them to get that hands-on practice. So we do – workshops we do write togethers we've done entire workshops on our character table process which is like our foundations of character development we do workshops on show don't tell we're doing a workshop on scene structure because it's not just about knowing the beats of scene structure it's about putting them into practice in your work and being able to being able to apply them and analyze them in other places yeah. so for the scene structure workshop specifically Part of that workshop is to analyze a published scene. Why are we doing that? Is it just because we like love our scene beats and (laughs) we love reading other cool books? Sure. Like, yes, but it's also because that's a very, a very, important and critical part of the learning process is to be able to take something you've just learned, look at it in something that's not your own and, and compare and contrast things and to differentiate ideas and to draw connections between ideas. It develops your critical thinking about that process. So when we do our live events like workshops or our live events like study groups, we are intentionally crafting a, an opportunity to practice these things to bring you further up that pyramid and increase your learning and get you closer to mastery of that topic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have tons of, you know, in addition to the workshops, we have other sort of interpersonal discussion opportunities so for that understand level right you've watched our master classes and read our resources and stuff and you know the like you've you can recall the concepts and what the definitions are but to really understand them we've discussed that takes discussion and so we have we have writing groups and critique partnerships where you can discuss those things with, um, you know, with other writers. But we also have opportunities where you can discuss them with us. Yeah. So we have question and answer sessions at the end of all of our live workshops, so you can ask questions and discuss the concepts with us. Um, sometimes we even do like a breakout group brainstorming. Um, discussions. We have uh, coaching calls regularly where you can come and bring questions and talk about concepts with us. We have um, a weekly Slack channel QA where you can ask questions about concepts. So we have tons of opportunities for discussion of concepts to really make sure that you're understanding them. And then at that higher, higher level of analysis and evaluation, we have those writing groups and critique partnerships where you get paired with folks in tenacious writing who are learning the same concepts as you, mm-hmm. which makes it really easy to discuss yeah. them. Um, and your, you know, your trading pages back and forth, analyzing, evaluating, and applying, um, all at once, uh, to really start to, to level up together. So there's so there's, we've designed it that way because it's so juicy and it's so fun yeah. to like watch people just level up so insane yeah. and fast.
0: And that's when we, when we get this question a lot of like, is tenacious writing for beginner writers? Mm. no. Yes and no. Like, this is why. is because we have developed different parts of the program to bring you farther up the Bloom's taxonomy pyramid. Yeah. That works for a beginner writer and for a writer who's been at this for a while, for a, a writer with a little more knowledge and expertise. Like, our program is not designed for one or the other because it's so comprehensive. We've built it off of these ideas, not okay, well, we're just going to teach you how to remember things. Like we're, yeah. we're trying to get you to that more experienced place. But if you are a more experienced writer, we're still developing that. We're still challenging you. We're still getting you to that next level up the pyramid. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
1: If you're, if you're brand new, you know, there's tons of concepts to learn Yeah. Um, in that remember stage. And then, yeah, slowly climb your way up the pyramid with everybody else. Yeah.
0: Cool. Love it. So, this is one where um, I've listened to this episode a couple times. Yeah, Just like there's a there's so much juicy goodness in here, and we'll put an, a, a graphic image of the Bloom's
1: Taxonomy pyramid in the notes. We will link yeah. something for you, so yeah. you can and, see it, <laughs> and
0: if you like Google it too, yeah, it it comes up. It's, it's a everywhere. very a very common topic for educators. Um, but anyway, this is there's a lot here, so I highly encourage you to um digest digest this stuff um it was mind-blowing for both of us when we first learned about it so if you're feeling that way like "Mm, come chat with us yeah (laughs) if you're sitting there like oh my goodness i have
1: been stuck and remember
0: yeah (laughs) i understand
1: i need folks to help me understand or i need to move into the understand phase yeah um with other folks if you're like so excited about tenacious writing come join us check it out it's just tenaciouswriting.com. has all of the details about it and um email us if you have any questions um we would love to have you it's such a fun place
0: it is we're a great little group of people we're we're a fairly big group but we're a great group of people (laughs) awesome cool well If you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character
1: Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night.
0: Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.